0: and
1: you got me <laughs> oh, honey honey you my candy girl. you got me with I'm Elena I'm Grant and this is sex Archie. sex Archie still waiting for the blue and
0: Golds Pulitzer Prize next year
1: next year.
0: That's right. We're a Riverdale Recap Podcast, and we are here to talk about Chapter 32, A Night to Remember.
1: Oh, what a night it is to remember!
0: Written by Arabella Anderson and Tessa Lay Williams and directed by Jason Stone.
1: I love you, Jason Stone. (laughs) I love you.
0: I'm all about Arabella and Tessa. I love
1: you both, too. So we we had some
0: thoughts. (laughs) This was, I mean, welcome back from our break. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to, to the uh, uh, bonus episode to hold you over, but with a, a little bit of further ado, because this is the musical episode, the, the uh-huh. big event, and so I thought we'd talk a bit about what makes something a musical versus uh, a story that has singing in it.
1: Okay, what do you think makes it a musical?
0: I'm going to drop big old $5 word on you, diegesis. Now, this basically means whether something happens in the world of the story or not, right? hmm So let's take a completely different example. When Luke and Obi-Wan go to the Mos Eisley Cantina and they hear, that is diegetic music. Yes, because there is an actual band right there, and and if you were to, to pull Han Solo over, like, hey, do you remember this song? He'd be like, yeah, there there was a dude with a butthole for a face blowing into some sort of weird horn,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But earlier, when when Luke is is looking out over the uh, sands of Tatooine, and and we hear do 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 do. That is non-diegetic, because if you were to ask him, he'd be like, no, I just sort of heard a whoosh of the wind. I, I was just looking at stuff. Yeah. Right. And so a musical is is marked by being sort of in a gray area of diegesis. Mm-hmm. The songs themselves are non-diegetic, but the things that happen in them are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So in a musical, if there is a song that is an argument between two people, everything they said to one another counts— but they would not, like in universe, recall that as the time we sang at each other. Yeah, it's it's a gray area.
1: They they are not aware of the singing mm-hmm. unless it is a comedic musical, right? Where you are breaking those walls,
0: right? That that's the the number one way to make a joke out of a musical is like have a big chorus number and then someone asks, "Wait, how do you know this song?" Yeah, there there you go. They do it in everything. Yeah, <laughs> it or, was or, they did it pretty well in Enchanted.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> They did it actually very well in Enchanted.
0: <laughs> they did the joke at the beginning of the song, not the end. Yeah. It helps.
1: How does he know this song? <laughs> How do they know this song? Yeah. Everyone knows this song?
0: <laughs> Enchanted's good.
1: Yeah, It is good.
0: And, and so many, quote-unquote, musical episodes of TV shows aren't technically musicals it's all diegetic music yeah it's things like the early glee model where they're actually singing because they happen to be in this music group and
1: science fiction fantasy things have done it we like oh we're under a spell and mm-hmm. now everything's a musical
0: uh the the buffy and and xena yeah. thing xena i think was the first live action show to do something we would call a musical episode yeah I mean, there, there had been decades of shows doing episodes where people put on musicals it happened a couple times in I Love Lucy for crying out loud yeah yeah but Xena started it sorry Buffy there you go <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it's part of the way TV is so much more literal right than anything yeah. on stage they, they don't play with that sort of thing uh, so they have to find weird ways around it. Not in Riverdale. No! No! <laughs> they just went for it. They're, they're constantly crossing this boundary. People just singing their feelings out, meld into rehearsal scenes, and then come back out again in some cases, so you're never really sure where the line is. It's, I it's very love it. fuzzy. It's very winding.
1: I love it so much. So much. They told stories so well with this. Mm-hmm. A lot of other musical episodes, mm-hmm. well, they'll just like write new songs based right. on scenes they want to have happen, mm-hmm. where they are are using songs from *Carrie* the musical, yes, to tell their story too. And and that's the perfect
0: like uh, excuse to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Every high school has a, a spring musical,
1: yeah. It's just how they like they use the music so perfectly mm-hmm. to tell these parts.
0: So now, now that we've introduced the thing, let's do the thing we do, and we
1: obviously really liked it. Uh, if you didn't catch on yet,
0: we're going to have generally positive remarks.
1: <laughs> so, so we start with uh, Kevin talking to Jughead mm-hmm. about how he wants to make a behind-the-scenes documentary mm-hmm. of the the whole production whole process of creating Carrie the musical at school
0: and he has this conversation while they're seated in front of the camera. So that means the making of documentary has a making of documentary
1: Yes <laughs> and, and Joe Kitt's like, okay yeah, I'll yeah, do that.
0: Sure fine whatever That's
1: not, Don't ask me to be in it but this is great.
0: And then we go straight into the the musical yes! hard. Yes. the The first number is in, which is also the opening number of Carrie the musical, mm-hmm.
1: and it's it's very appropriate. Uh, we we check in on a bunch of the characters, like getting ready for the day, mm-hmm. heading off to school, singing um, about
0: the things that stress them out as high schoolers. Yes. Social pressure and and what if I blow my SATs?
1: Yeah. You know, we we see Betty leaving the house. We see Veronica leaving the house. We see. I guess an early morning cheer practice for only some people because Betty and Veronica aren't there, but Cheryl and Tony are, along with Midge. And Midge. And some other people. Yeah. Some
0: non-core river vixens. I'm
1: like, okay, sure, sure. I guess. 6 a.m. cheerleader practice with only some of us. Yay. Betty
0: and Veronica are off the squad. They are late for the crack of dawn rehearsal.
1: (laughs) Interrupt the song, and we have a scene between... Uh, Fred and Archie, Andrew's constriction is uh, going to be building the sets for the show. Mm -hmm. and We uh, we find
0: out it is a volunteer basis. He's just like being a good
1: dad. Yeah, and he's really excited that Archie's back into music, Mm -hmm. even if it's a different way. He's just excited he's getting back into that. And he offers Archie a ride to school. Archie's like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm going to take my bike because I haven't told you yet that I have a car. So I'm going to walk down the block to mm-hmm. my car.
0: This this scene shows that both Andrews boys have some real problems. Fred has no sense of time management. When are you running for mayor, Frederick?
1: He is just really, really good at doing everything. <laughs> he, he does not sleep. He does not sleep. He does not eat.
0: <laughs> but Archie, where are you hiding a firebird?
1: Yeah. And so, so Archie starts singing again on the way to his car.
0: Yeah. I'm moody,
1: kind of moody and angsty right now.
0: I'm I'm singing the part of the song about the pressures of toxic masculinity.
1: (laughs) And then we're at school, and we get Ethel singing, and then we get Kevin singing. And he's got such a
0: great voice, Casey Cott.
1: Yes, he does. Broadway. Like I know his brother's on Broadway. Yeah. Why? Why isn't he on Broadway too? Cause he's just like full on like Broadway belt.
0: Yeah, he's, in the school hallway, he's getting that Vancouver money. That's was, what he's doing.
1: <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, and then the the song continues, and we are on uh, the the school stage, and we I guess start we doing are doing some sort of
0: hand jive.
1: I'm gonna call this. Um, see this. It might look like it's just choreography for the opening number song, but really, this is their uh, their rehearsal ritual that they uh-huh. have to do uh-huh. every time they meet for rehearsal
0: this is it Zeb zap, zap 2.0 yes yeah. even though
1: this is the this is the first rehearsal they've had this is the first read through they all mm-hmm. were sent uh, videos of the choreography for this ahead of time <laughs> was and they just had to Kevin learn and it
0: thanks
1: yes and so that's why everyone knows it. And this this is their their way of doing zip zap zop and samurai and uh uh red ball all at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Warm them up.
0: See the, this is what we mean about the Riverdale not being afraid to to break the sense of reality, the sense of immersion. Yeah. They they are doing unrealistic things. They're they're doing choreography in the quote real world. Yes. Instead of just in their rehearsal time. Yes. Yeah. Love it.
1: Um, and so then when they 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 end, uh, Kevin says, "Welcome to carry the musical." Boom. Uh, and then I love Fangs grabs a chair and just drags it across the stage and sits right next to Kevin. <laughs> and it's just such a great like back to reality.
0: Jughead is filming this and like, can you can you set that on a chair? Can you get a tripod? Jughead, lay off the caffeine.
1: I also love, 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 love that. Then they all go around and state their full name <laughs> and what part they're playing. I'm like, you all, y'all know each other, <laughs> because you know what? No one that we don't know that is in the ensemble is not in this scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the the nameless extras and, and background dancers. They
1: don't get to come to the read through.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I guess they don't have lines. <laughs>
1: And uh, when it's Cheryl's turn, uh, she she jumps up and she's just she, very excited. The only
0: one to stand.
1: Yes. She's very pumped about her part. And then uh, Alice walks in a couple minutes late. She, she missed yeah. the opening ritual, unfortunately.
0: Ethel asks, well, who's going to play the mom? And there she is waiting for her cue behind the door.
1: And, and Betty did not know about this. No, no. And, and Kevin's like, oh, it's very untraditional. But he, he finds that there's nothing more inappropriate than like
0: age blind casting yes
1: age blind casting so gauche yes it must bring in the adults <laughs> so i guess this really limits the musicals that kevin can do
0: right they're gonna be doing grease they're gonna be doing west side story they're gonna
1: be <laughs> but, but they have to get pop
0: tate to play the the, the, the like door owner yeah and I guess he's gonna twist his dad's arm to be Officer Krupke.
1: Um, I guess they can't do Annie because that's then too young. Too
0: young. They they'd have to get a bunch of elementary school kids.
1: Yeah. So uh, they can do Spring Awakening.
0: Yeah, they can try. They can try. Uh, wow. Weatherby might have some words. <laughs>
1: This is why that show Rise on NBC that apparently has high schoolers doing Spring Awakening makes no sense.
0: No, no sense no. at all.
1: Spring Awakening does not get done in high school.
0: It has a uh, sex scene that sometimes is simulated and other uh, productions, it's, there you go.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's weird. <laughs> then uh, Chuck also shows up late and he he apologizes because he thought rehearsal was in the music room. He didn't realize it was on stage.
0: Very understandable. Yes. At this stage, it probably should be.
1: Uh, and everyone gives Chuck a. a,
0: a what? A,
1: a, yeah, a, quite a glare. Ooh. And then we go to Jughead interviewing him mm-hmm. on camera, uh, where he he talks about how he's trying to reform his image. Um, and I, he talks about how, like, well, he's playing, like, one of the villains, which is, you know, odd, <laughs> I guess.
0: It's not the, the best way to rehabilitate yourself, but, like, no. it's. It's not his fault. Somebody else no. wrote those words. Like, um, come on, we get it.
1: But he talks about how he he wants to do things right. He wants to put in the work. He wants to be part of the team. He wants mm-hmm. to be there for everyone and, and hopes that it will. It's about redemption. Yeah. Uh,
0: and this whole time, I'm wondering what happened between that initial announcement yeah. and filming, because that's the role that Reggie was supposed to have when we first heard about this episode in January. And there's
1: no conversation about Reggie. Like, Reggie is not
0: seen or mentioned in this episode?
1: And I'm just like, did did they plan to do it? And then they realized Charles Melton really cannot sing.
0: He got cast in 14 <laughs> reasons why. 14 it's one more reason. So they need another Reggie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Every season we get a new <laughs> Reggie. That would actually be really funny. And eventually they kind of have make jokes about how they kind of start to notice it. Yeah. Like Reggie just keeps like, he just keeps getting like hotter. He keeps getting
0: greasier. Gets more
1: abs this is weird
0: crisis on infinite reggies
1: so then archie and betty have a scene together where they're talking about like their parts and archie's like oh isn't it weird that you know we're playing boyfriend girlfriend ha 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 and uh jughead's like i'm watching big brothers here (laughs) with my camera
0: he sees all. Oh, yes. But, but Betty's really into this whole art imitates life thing because mm-hmm. you know she is the good girl and that's who she's playing, and Archie is the boy next door and that's who he's playing. And then oh, it's like we're we're really like getting all of our, our baggage out there through this, and and we can't hide from ourselves anymore.
1: And by the way, Veronica lied to us, and like she's <laughs> totally playing the bad girl. Yeah, that's exactly what she is. And Ar- Archie tries to defend her course that's
0: exactly what the guy playing his part would do it's defend his girlfriend no matter what
1: this is one thing that's odd because now i realize this little scene i guess they took a break from the read-through
0: i mean it's a documentary so there's there's a lot of stuff pieced together from different pieces and we can uh uh, assume that these that, that that uh structure is maintained even when we aren't seeing through jughead's lens or they went to get a
1: drink. I'm, I'm going to say bathroom break. <laughs> yeah. They- five minutes, everyone. Thank you, five.
0: It's a long script to read. In yeah, yeah.
1: They're back at their read-through, and then uh, Cheryl interrupts it. She She's like, you know, I, I know there's been talking behind my back but how y'all don't think i can like play carry that i'm not good enough for it
0: and it's not even behind her back when she introduced herself in the earlier part of the scene someone actually coughed and said tone deaf yeah
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: it's not behind your back
1: so then cheryl just says okay maestro and just belts out
0: Carrie. Carrie.
1: My that's which is all about like that's not my name and mm-hmm. my name's Carrie. It,
0: it's Carrie's big number announcing her character right at the top of the show.
1: And and this is one of those things where, you know, starts in like their reality and then like she's on stage in the dress and there's lights and there's no one else. People there. giving
0: her flowers.
1: And then by the time she's done, everyone in the circle is right behind her. And they all clap for her.
0: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm.
1: She just belted out a whole number that she has not learned yet.
0: Actually, the way it plays with diegesis kind of reminds me of the, the Chicago film, where whenever they start to sing this rather ordinary-looking uh, period piece... Yeah. ...would suddenly become spotlights and sequins and pa
1: Footlights. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. I don't like Chicago. <laughs> but that is true. Uh- <laughs> So after people clap and she's, like, walking back to her chair, a sandbag drops from the ceiling. The rafters. Opera ghost. Just barely misses her. Mm-hmm. And, like, if that thing would have fallen on her, she would be dead. Like, <laughs> would be dead. Definitely. Yeah.
0: And that's when we get the title card after two musical numbers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like eight minutes in or something. <laughs>
0: We've heard everybody sing at least a little bit. What do we think of the the kids' voices by now? I guess we haven't heard Alice sing yet, but we might as well talk about it.
1: Yeah. Lily's a great singer. Fantastic. She is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Kevin's amazing. Why Casey was is he amazing. Why stuck
0: as the director, Why?
1: Why? He's incredible.
0: It's the right thing for the character, but they could have found um, more excuses.
1: <laughs> Ethel's great. Yeah. She's phenomenal as well.
0: She has she has this really good like alto voice.
1: Yeah, and I'm like why wasn't she used more. T- yeah. <laughs> Cheryl,
0: I think she's the weakest.
1: She she is. She sells it. Oh yeah. She acts it. Mhm. She definitely has like
0: you, you can hear there's the most post processing yeah. of anyone on her. Um A- about even with uh, Archie.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like we're used to his like
0: We're used to it.
1: His 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 way. Madeline just sells the part and her singing and everything that it does not seem like she has the vocal range or, or skills.
0: She makes up for it in Moxie. Yes. And I'm going to call that a character choice. I'm yeah. going to assume that's all intentional. Uh, Tony? Mm-hmm.
1: She kind of went back and forth?
0: Depending on the song, she seemed to have a different style. And Yeah. Like, in the opening number, she's perfectly fine, yeah. strong even. And in a later number, she gets like a one or two line solo and she's doing this very breathy pop performance yeah. that doesn't fit the song like you had it what happened i mean part of this is because they had no extra time in the filming schedule they, yeah they had the same exact turnaround as any other episode but with learning songs going to the recording booth learning choreography yeah. all this
1: extra work so like i'm gonna i'm gonna put We're it gonna, on yeah that type of thing well so later on we get a lot of the other characters get like little one-liner type things mm-hmm. in solos and it's a little i feel like a little harder to judge off of those yeah too what do we think of mama though of alice yeah she sells it
0: i think this is another real character thing like i don't know if madgen amic has ever done a musical yeah, thing in her life but this like is like it,
1: it works for the character
0: 100 percent. i don't I, think I don't know they're if all unimpeachable on that front
1: yeah i don't know if that's actually her voice or not <laughs> um like if that would be like if she were actually singing in real life like if that's how she would sound or not or, or um, if that's
0: this is how alice would do it yeah yeah
1: well we know how josie and veronica are saying and mm-hmm. like i feel like they're both good singers i just feel like they're so processed
0: i don't think we get enough of josie in this episode we i do could not. say that about a not. lot of episodes
1: I do just feel like their voices get processed too much, and I'd like to hear them more mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah, because I think they both can sing very well, <laughs> but it just always sounds a little, mm-hmm. a little too artificial for me.
0: Guess what, darling? Huh. We're old.
1: Yeah, not Kids. used, not used to hearing voices like that. I don't listen to what the young people listen to. <laughs> All the bands I want to see this summer are on like. Tours for their anniversary of 20 years since an album came out or something. 25 <laughs> right. years, what if?
0: Hey, I'm real into that new Poppy album, okay? Thank you very Poppy? much. Poppy. Yeah.
1: Is that a person or the yes. name of an album?
0: She's a person, sort of. She might also be a computer. Poppy is your best friend. Okay. Poppy is a product. I don't... It's a whole, like, performance character.
1: Okay. Uh. <laughs> Um,
0: so we get back from commercial and we see the the hook for this episode's individual plot, such as it is.
1: Yes. Uh, and, and Kevin is talking to the camera to Jughead. Uh, and he's like, I, I have this confession to make. After the sandbag fell in my locker, I found this letter. And it's one of those mm-hmm. letters where it's like all the um, letters are clipped from magazines and newspapers and stuff to make up the words.
0: You know the drill.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it's claiming uh, to be the Black Hood.
0: It says Miss Daye has returned to you, and I am anxious her career should progress in the new production of Il Muto. Yeah, you shall therefore cast Carlotta as the page boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a Phantom of the Opera <laughs> reference, in case you don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's got some good songs. But
0: if you're 14, you're gonna love it, and if you have if you're in touch with your inner 14 year old, just ride it out. It's it's yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) masquerade. Masquerade, (laughs) I love that song,
0: but but yes, this letter is demanding they recast the role of Carrie White,
1: yes, Kevin. Swears Jughead to to secrecy because he is the official documentarian and he, he is sworn to be discreet. Yeah,
0: as, as if that is a place of honor with like
1: And and Kevin says, you know, as they say, the show must go on. And I'm just over here like, no, actually, safety procedures.
0: Yeah, safety's number one. Safety's paramount.
1: If if y'all want to keep doing this, equity will not stand by this.
0: Yeah, those high school equity productions, they do get like official playbills. So you know what, this you might know, be a union shop. May,
1: maybe they have at least like an an equity uh, a kind of because you, you in non equity theater. Oh, this is gonna count for points. Well, in non equity theater too, you also can like um, promote someone to kind of be the almost. Equity representative to make sure rules are followed and stuff, mm-hmm. and to kind of be the person who will like will take charge of like no this is not safe and I'm gonna call someone and <laughs> things like that. I forget what they actually call it, but yeah. Uh,
0: in this one, we call it Moose. That's moose. Moose's job. Moose.
1: Uh, so then, then we we get a new song, and it's uh,
0: do me a favor.
1: Suddenly. Dress rehearsal? I'm questioning Kevin's ability to direct since we get, like, dress rehearsal for a number.
0: This is definitely a case of nonlinear time. Yes. Because they're also rehearsing in front of a set that we see Fred deliver, like, 20 scenes from now.
1: Yes. I prefer the idea that Kevin really doesn't know what he's doing. (laughs) And he's like, okay, guys, we got this number down. Let's get into the costume. Let's run it with lights. We'll piece it all together later.
0: But uh, "Do Me a Favor" is a song where uh, the, the two Carrie's two tormentors are both singing to their boyfriends. One, "I need you to help me dump blood on her." The other, "I want you to take Carrie to the prom." Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so that happens. Mm-hmm. And then Archie and Veronica are making out in the hallway. I think this
0: uh, song shows that Kevin's real talent may be choreography. Oh yeah, because I like this number. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's great at choreography. He just does it all. <laughs> uh, during during this, this make-out session In mm-hmm. the middle of school uh, Archie's like, oh, you know, I need to ask you something And, and Veronica, was, Veronica, of course, is like Oh, you want to take your new car to, like, Lover's Lane And, like, get it on? And
0: no, like, nah. that's what Wednesdays are for You know that
1: <laughs> uh, He he wants to keep the, the car parked at the, the Penbrook mm-hmm. Because he hasn't told his dad And he doesn't want his dad to, like, see it
0: He's got a V8 secret
1: Yes. And so then over at the lodges, Hiram and Hermione are talking about how Fred has a shot. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he is doing his whole campaign on, like, family values. And where's his family? (laughs) Yeah,
0: he seems real happy that Mary's out of town. And I'm like, all right, you've done a lot of evil shit in the past. But disrespecting Mary Andrews, you are not welcome in my home.
1: (laughs) Uh, Back at school, Kevin, Betty, and Jughead and the camera, Mm -hmm. are talking about the letter uh, and mention how it's very Phantom of the Opera-y.
0: Thank you, Jughead. Yeah, Somebody's on my side. Yeah.
1: I like to think that Jughead's a really big Phantom of the Opera fan.
0: He totally is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
1: like he has the t-shirt and like one of those masks like hidden in his room (laughs) uh, and a signed playbill Mm -hmm. from when when he did go get to see it.
0: Yeah, he saw Paul Stanley uh, perform at the Pantages in Toronto. Yeah. One of the many ways Jughead and I are alike, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Paul Stanley of Kiss fame, yes. Yeah. And, and after that, my family and I went to the Hard Rock Cafe around the corner, and we were sat near the Kiss memorabilia by complete coincidence.
1: Yeah. It was lovely. <laughs> Basically, they decided they needed to do some snooping. Mm-hmm. And uh, Betty goes to talk to Ethel while well, Jughead is like, with his camera around a corner trying to film this.
0: Betty, master of subtlety, walks up to Ethel like, How much does it fucking suck that Cheryl's uh carry and not you?
1: Well I love <laughs> Don't so, you
0: wish she'd just die?
1: Like Ethel's at I guess the craft food table that you apparently have for a high school musical rehearsal. <laughs>
0: this is an equity show. You're right.
1: <laughs> I, they do not feed you like that for equity. Like you have to buy your own food. Um <laughs> Talking about how, you know, someone picked all the M&Ms out of the trail mix. And Betty decides to approach this by being like, oh, well, you know who it was? It was probably that bitch Cheryl. Because she's just a jerk like that. She would pick all the M&Ms out and she would steal the part that should have gone to you.
0: And Ethel starts to agree, like, yeah, I was born to play the role of Carrie White. And I'm thinking, no, you weren't. (laughs) Like, I can see how, you know, Ethel, the character, outcast... Looked down, shunned, frumpy clothes. I get it. Mm. But it's a matter of vocal range, Ethel. You, it's just not where the part lines up. I'm sorry.
1: Well, Cheryl does not have that voice either. That's so
0: true, <laughs> I guess.
1: Um, but yeah, so Ethel talks about how she is a bit hurt and angered that she didn't get a chance to audition because the part just automatically went to Cheryl.
0: Mm-hmm. Because she was about to kill Kevin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then she sees Jughead, and she's like, wait, what's going on? Are Are you trying to get me to admit something? Yeah, he's just
0: filming through the window. Betty and Jughead are in a competition for who can be the least subtle.
1: Yeah. Um, and so so Ethel kind of blows up at them about how, like, she wouldn't do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, no. That's real fucked up, you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy my own M&Ms. Fuck you all. Yeah. Uh, so then, over at Pop's, Alice comes in uh, to see FP, mm-hmm. uh, and she says, "What's happening, handsome?"
0: While he's bussing tables, and they're they're clearly talking about stuff while not talking about stuff. Uh-huh. Alice is leaving some real wide lines to read between. <laughs>
1: She, she tells him about how you know she finished rehearsal and who you know I'm in a musical and maybe maybe he'll come check it out mm-hmm. uh, and he he's a bit very standoffish mm-hmm. and uh, she end up ends up blowing up at him uh about how you know they're worried their kids were making mistakes or the mistakes they did but they're just making them all again and she storms out
0: seems everybody's making these mistakes what are you gonna do yep I love Alice and FP in this episode mm-hmm. because uh, it makes me think that they took a note we gave long, long, long time ago mm-hmm. that after something may or may not have been a hookup, we always immediately find out whether it was.
1: Yeah, and we do not. Now
0: We're, we're still in that, you know, use your imagination. We do
1: not know what happened we're, in the trailer.
0: Yeah, we're, we're still in that stage of like, hey, the the viewer is the final collaborator yeah we're we're wallowing in that uh i I love it
1: their interactions in this episode are also such wonderful things of where you get so much without much anything being said
0: yeah yeah so good
1: we uh are are back at rehearsal with uh cheryl and josie cheryl as carrie josie as the gym teacher because he said gym teacher. Yeah.
0: as the teacher that becomes a friend and sort of mentor to Carrie. Yes. Uh, the song is Unsuspecting Hearts.
1: Uh and so Kevin like sets it up like oh you know you're supposed to be very caring you're supposed to be this and this and Josie's like well I guess I'll fake it.
0: Yes, Josie, that is what acting is. Yes, you you will yes. fake it.
1: Congratulations. Good job. Uh so so they start Josie starts singing and then uh Cheryl's like stop and Kevin's like oh hold up now. <laughs> I'm the only one allowed to say stop. And I'm like, actually, Kevin, if something is unsafe, other actors should have the, the you know, confidence to be able to say no mm-hmm. or stop. Empower your actors.
0: Yes, Kevin. But also,
1: you are slightly right. Yeah. They shouldn't stop when there's not a reason to stop.
0: I, I love every moment where this show becomes a power struggle. Yeah. And, like, Kevin turns into this this tiny little despot by the end of the episode. He's just
1: so desperately trying to hold <laughs> just on. Just to
0: claw onto any influence he has left over these people. And and the, the way... Uh, Cheryl treats him, of course, the way Alice just bursts in mm-hmm. and then leaves her wallet on Ethel's lap like she's some sort of butler. I don't know what the deal was with that at the
1: beginning of the show. So so Cheryl ends up apologizing to Josie that you know she did some messed up things and she, she was dealing with a lot of demons and that she hopes that she will forgive her. And then they start singing the song again. And yeah. by the end... They are friends and they hug, and Fangs is loving it. (laughs) Fangs? Fangs says like nothing, and he is great.
0: He has at least one line. The one I can remember comes right at the end, but Mm -hmm. he's in the background just. fangs is the kevin of this episode
1: yes he is acting up a storm he's
0: giving all the reaction faces all the the little acting moments to the side
1: he's
0: he's (laughs) he's assistant kevin
1: yes fangs is supposed to be like the they say assistant director but i'm going with stage manager
0: it's the same way director also means choreographer everybody's pulling double duty it's a small town
1: so over at uh, the the lodges, Hiram uh, talks to Veronica like, hey, why is Archie's car like parked in the garage? What's going on? <laughs> I
0: thought I got rid of that thing. It was a tax scheme. Come on.
1: <laughs> like, oh, God, it's here because he, Fred doesn't know yet and uh, we're we're going to keep it on the down low. And then Hiram's like, oh, honey, I have a wicked idea. Let me sip my drink here.
0: And he introduces it by saying, well, let's stick with this week's theme. And I'm glad somebody on this show believes that all the subplots should follow a theme. <laughs> Thank you.
1: So, so then we are back at, well, what I like to call dress rehearsal of the number, but you like to call, you know, out of sequence... No, Thanks. we're
0: we're agreeing. Yeah. It's just that my version of dress rehearsal of the number is a night or two before opening day. No, no.
1: Kevin is making Fred bring all that stuff back and forth. Ah! Like, okay, I need it here for an hour and then I need you to remove it.
0: I mean, if we're going literal, that's the only way it makes sense because the the action that happens around the numbers uh-huh. is linear.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but this this is uh, the the song The World According to Chris yes. that I'm pretty sure the people who originally wrote Carrie the Musical just ripped off Kids in America.
0: The, the backing beat is very similar.
1: Yep. I just keep thinking they're going to start singing that.
0: It's also a song that was written directly for uh, Veronica Lodge <laughs> in her meaner moments. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and so, yeah, uh, it's, it's Veronica singing about her, her part as as Chris.
0: The character's the character, outlook, her, yes. her big philosophy on the world. It's better to, to strike than get struck. It's better to screw than get screwed.
1: And these are all the things my father taught me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to give a lap dance to Chuck in the middle of this number in high school. Is, is Weatherby signing off on this? Weatherby needs to sit in on rehearsals. Any oversight
0: whatsoever.
1: <laughs> Where are the adults where's professor flute (laughs) snoot
0: but this is also the number where i started noticing a lot of the other costumes
1: ethel and tony are my favorite
0: tony's rainbow t-shirt with her little baseball hat is amazing she's a
1: little leaguer it's so cute it's so good and her and ethel are dancing up a freaking storm in the back (laughs) and it is amazing They, they do not get to like be at the front of all these like extra ensemble dance numbers but in the back mm-hmm. they are rocking back there
0: but i love the the big uh maroon velvet dress mm-hmm. that one of these dancers yeah. is
1: wearing yeah that thing's gotta be hot
0: oh under the lights oh dear
1: A- after the song ends kevin compliments veronica mm-hmm. uh on how how great the number was
0: betty is not having
1: this though well veronica's all like oh you know, once i got off book and the costumes just really help and betty's like uh-uh.
0: <laughs> I think what helps is that you are the reincarnation of Chris.
1: This is typecasting the definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you can
0: hear the colon when she says it.
1: Yes. Uh, so then Archie goes into Betty about like, how can you be so mean to her? You don't know what she's been going through. And like, you know, she's got a lot of stuff going on in her life.
0: And that would be one thing. That would be like, oh, Archie, you, you poor fool. But where he really oh, sells it. yeah. Where, where it takes a turn like, oh, Archie is paying attention. Is mm-hmm. like, remember how fast Veronica was to forgive you when you said those awful things yeah. because of the hood.
1: And who should be playing who?
0: Yeah, oh. who, who's Chris and who's Sue? Archie's
1: not always an idiot. Yeah. Sometimes he knows what's going on.
0: This is the most heroic thing he's done all season, or at least since Christmas. Uh,
1: so then Kevin calls Betty and Archie up to sing the uh love ballad
0: between their characters. Between their characters, it's called <laughs> "You Shine."
1: But then we cut to Betty, uh, going to find Veronica. And Veronica's all like ready for Betty to tear into her again,
0: but she sings her verse from that song. <laughs> that the song continues off stage and becomes dialogue,
1: and it becomes them making up, and it's so stinking cute.
0: I think that there are some some uh, fandom shippers who about exploded.
1: Oh yeah, because
0: they turned the song that was supposed to be the Barchi moment mm-hmm. into like. Okay, they might be playing it as patching up a friendship, but it is still a love ballad. Yeah. They turned it into a Veronica moment. Yeah.
1: A <laughs> lot you know of people's what? brains exploded.
0: I'm here for that. Why yeah. not? Yeah.
1: yeah. it's Yeah.
0: It's the most musical thing, I think, of this show because... If you were doing it Glee style, Betty would just be like, you know, here's some words that I think you need to hear. And she'd sing the song mm-hmm. and, and it would clearly be diegetic. But no, Veronica is listening and doing choreography yeah. <laughs> in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> so good.
1: It's so, it's so cute. Fred and Archie are are building the set mm-hmm. and and Hiram comes in and we find out, you know, Hir- Hiram is is producing the show cuz in high school you need a producer. <laughs>
0: Somebody's got to pay for these sets that are being built with volunteer labor. This is when yeah. we find out he's donating his time.
1: Uh, so so Hiram's like, "Oh, hey Fred, has Archie taken you for a spin yet in <gasps> the Firebird?" Oh. And Fred. Fred does not miss a beat and he's just like, "Yeah, it's a smooth ride." And Hiram leaves. And then Fred leaves. And Archie follows Fred and is like, "It's just a car, Dad. It's not a big deal."
0: I love that Hiram's master plan to ruin his his political opponent is some mean girl shit.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh! When he like walks out the door backwards, backwards
0: smiling,
1: and like bumps the the you know the oh push bar and just like oh. hands in my pocket, I did my thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, Archie's like, "It's not a big deal," and Fred's like, "No, it is." I was planning to you know get you an old jalopy and we'd fix it up together and work on it together that would be your first car because your first car is important Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like you find out how like this thing that Fred has been looking forward to doing with his son for so long
0: just got pulled the rug out from under him
1: yeah he's known like Archie's been kind of slipping away from him for a lot while. Yeah. But he was still holding on to this idea that like I this mean, is a
0: thing we'll do. He's still a sophomore. He shouldn't be so gone by now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Frederick.
1: So so Fred leaves. Betty Betty gets home and uh she she comes across her mom on the phone leaving a message for Chick. Uh, we find out that he won't return any of her calls,
0: but that she's trying constantly. It's tearing her up inside that she had to throw throw out her kid.
1: Yes. So, so Kevin goes to Jughead and the camera again, mm-hmm. uh, and Kevin is is freaking out. He's like, "Okay, so sandbag freak accident letter was a joke, but I got another one
0: that references the sandbag, and,
1: <gasps> and it's it's the last warning to to replace Cheryl." Or the next sandbag won't miss.
0: Mm-hmm. And at this point, I think Kevin is making the letters just because he realizes his behind-the-scenes documentary is kind of dull. He's got to do something yeah. to spice things up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so then Kevin goes to to Cheryl and it's like, you know, I have to recast you. It's a matter of your safety. And Cheryl's like, No, I, I
0: will, will not, not succumb, succumb to, to thespian, thespian terrorism. terrorism. Ah! 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 And, and then Cheryl talks about why this is so important to her, mm-hmm. uh, that, that this is her coming out moment, that this is her being big and proud and like, look at me, look how strong I am. Like, my brother died. Fine. My house burned down. Fuck it. I got shipped out to gay jail and I'm back and mm-hmm. better than ever. Yes. And, and there, there's nothing that will uh, dissuade her from making that statement.
1: Uh, But then Mama Blossom shows up, and she's like, well, (laughs) apparently at this school you have to have parental approval, and you do not. And I just reminded Mr. Weatherby of that, so uh, not going to happen. She
0: is crushed by a permission slip.
1: Yes. Um, And this has some great lines of where uh, Cheryl goes into her about how... Well, Mom, you just want to feast on my broken dreams now. <laughs> and uh, then Mom Blossom's all talking about how, like, oh, well, you want to live out this this recital revenge fantasy about killing your mother and stuff. It's <laughs> never going to happen.
0: I mean, Penelope Blossom is maybe one of the worst people on the show. Yeah. Like, definite contender. Yeah. Top, top three. But... If your daughter really, really, really wanted to play the part of the girl that kills her mother, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you have second thoughts? (laughs) Would I? Yeah, I mean, that's reasonable, right? Especially when your daughter uh, uh, pinched your oxygen tube while you were recovering from burns suffered when your daughter burned your house down.
1: I mean, yeah, but then, like, (laughs) you just, she does not get to do things. Get over it,
0: Penelope. Yeah,
1: yeah. She does worse things her own a daughter anyways. That's true. <laughs> At rehearsal, uh, Kevin is giving a little speech about how, due to uh, circumstances, uh, the understudy is going to, to take over for Cheryl. And Fangs tries to, like, comfort Kevin during this, like, hand on shoulder. And Kevin's like, no. Nope.
0: Just brush that off. I got work to do.
1: do no.
0: <laughs> oh, there will sad. be
1: no emotions. It's a
0: it's a callback to the scene before when Kevin was trying to get up to leave and Cheryl put her hand on his shoulder to keep him like no you you are going to watch me and my mother fight yeah <laughs> there is no escape
1: so so Tony rushes out to go find Cheryl we find out that Midge was appointed the understudy after the sandbag uh, incident just in case mm-hmm. <laughs> she will now be playing Car- Carrie
0: so Fangs is trying to be supporting Moose is so proud of this announcement. Boyfriends are good. Yeah, yeah, they're good.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, Tony finds Cheryl and uh, gives her a pep talk about how she has to show her mom who's in charge. And uh, Cheryl's like, "But I'm not the same girl who burned down Thornhill or cut off her <laughs> oxygen." And Tony's like, "Yeah, you, yeah, are. you are. You totally are that insane And You're stronger, monster. and I support you, and I'm here for you. <laughs> and I'm just like." Yeah! You support her, Tony! I'm a little scared right now! I'm a little concerned that you actually knew about these things and you're not batting nigh about it, but yeah. yeah!
0: What if the scene was just like, you're not the what now? Uh...
1: <laughs> I love that they've talked about these things. I love that it's all come out and Tony has accepted it and it's okay. C- come again?
0: <laughs> What what were Tony's stories that she was sharing to like go back and forth?
1: Well, you know, I uh became a bartender when I was 11.
0: I'm not the girl that stole a candy bar from the Pops <laughs> checkout counter. <laughs> yes, Tony, yes you are.
1: I want to see I want to see Cheryl telling her those things for the first time.
0: <laughs> Deleted Zane, "Come on." Um
1: so so then we're back at rehearsal, and Alice and Midge are on stage. and The,
0: the number is Stay Here Instead. It's the song that uh, Carrie's mother sings to try to convince her, one last time, please don't go to prom. The world is cruel, and I'm, I'm sorry, but please please don't go.
1: Mm-hmm. Betty is just watching this.
0: She is playing to the rafters. She's giving it her all,
1: Alice. Yes, she's not holding back. And then she, she sings directly to Betty. And then says she, Betty's name. Yeah. And then falls down and just is like, "Betty, don't leave me. Don't leave me like everyone else, like all the others."
0: Why is Alice Cooper trying to murder me in my heart?
1: <laughs> Why? <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Oh my god." Oh my god. We should take 5. Yeah. Thank you 5. Okay. <laughs> you all you all go do your thing now during this when Be- Betty like goes up to like comfort her mother. Kevin Kev- Kevin's just like, "Am I directing a train wreck?" <laughs>
0: Where is my tea?
1: (laughs) He's just... (laughs) While Fangs is drinking, I believe, Kevin's tea. (laughs) Maybe. He's drinking some ice beverage of coffee or tea variety. (laughs) Um, So Alice and Betty are in a different place.
0: They're on the hall.
1: And uh, Alice is just broken down about how she's driven everyone away. Mm -hmm. You know, she's driven... uh, chick away and she did it when he was a baby and, and she's done it again and and hal and her are still fighting about things from the past and then there's her and betty and yeah. it's just Oof. she doesn't even get around to mentioning polly because there's already so many other things
0: <laughs> poor alice
1: uh so then Betty's talking to the camera to jughead she's got to uh, do something big about yeah she, I, I gotta do something gotta do something to help her Back at rehearsal, uh, Kevin has has the programs. They are ready. Mm-hmm. He's handing them to everyone. Actual fucking playbills. In color! Yes! You don't get high school programs in color. <laughs> Multiple pages. It's usually like a one-fold. That's I true. mean the lodges are producing and they did like fill an entire page with their campaign ad. Yeah. So they're going all out.
0: That guy from Bravo, he knows a guy at the Playbill office. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, so as everyone's getting the programs, Kevin's reminding everyone to make sure they get their programs signed on a Mm -hmm. opening night, Mm -hmm. as you do.
0: It's like, uh, the yearbook, but for a much smaller group of people.
1: Did you not ever do that? Have people sign your programs? The cast? Did
0: I have programs? I'm trying to remember.
1: Well, like, when we were in Oliver, people signed the posters.
0: Maybe my dad has that.
1: I, I have mine. Oh, that's nice. It was either- Did I sign yours? Yes.
0: Okay, good, because we we're married the, now. We also have the
1: t-shirts that they made with all they their signatures on. The, yeah. Those are really cool. Yeah. No, it was uh, you, programs or posters, if there's like a show poster. A lot of times it's more show posters. Like, I have show posters hanging up that people signed. Well, yeah, but you were in real stuff. You always did it. I have that Miracle Worker poster from when I was 11 that everyone signed. Yeah,
0: but you were an adorable child. <laughs>
1: It's what you do.
0: Okay. Um, but speaking of adults, Fred comes yeah, in. Yeah, Fred comes to in. To deliver the sets because he's the only functioning adult. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a commitment and he follows yeah. through. So
1: Archie's like, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I got to load in the sets. So uh, what did you think? I would quit? That's not how I roll. <laughs> Fuck you, Archie. And I'm like, yes, Fred. Yes. yes. I love him.
0: And this, this really touches his son.
1: Yeah? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're not going to turn your back on me even though I'm being an asshole. Yes. So so Archie's now talking uh, to to the camera about how he got his part and how Kevin said that he embodied the character mm-hmm. of his, the boy next door. He's and,
0: loyal and, and heroic. Uh,
1: but, you know, he, he's been going down this dark path. And he, he couldn't be less suited. Yes. And so then we see him going up to Hiram. And he's like, you are my boss, but don't get between me and my father. Uh, it's a battle you will lose every time. So far, though. <laughs> yeah. But then he he gives him the keys to the Firebird and is like, I won't be needing these. And... Finally. Archie stood up for his dad. It and his finally relationship to finally to for a second.
0: Yes. There's
1: a glimmer of hope. Um, so then uh, we're at the, the Coopers and Alice and Betty are trying to eat dinner. And I love this mo- moment where Alice is like, who are we kidding? We're both too nervous to eat. And just this like, she's just so cheery mm-hmm. in that moment. And like her and Betty actually have a moment of like, yeah, yeah. this is true.
0: Is that also why they they seem to be eating a plate that is half full of steamed broccoli? <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. But then Hal shows up.
0: This is the big surprise. Uh-huh. Betty has uh, arranged this. And according to the soundtrack, it is a very poor surprise. We're, we're getting goofy comedy music.
1: <laughs> he he has flowers for both of them, but they have peonies, and apparently Alice is allergic to that, which he should know after decades of being married.
0: Yeah. He didn't know. I feel like Betty might have ordered these flowers, and she didn't know, and that's wildly out of character. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh he, he says, you know, that he'd like to come home, you know, if if she'll let him. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, we do this. We can't have any more secrets. And she asked Betty to leave.
0: And she goes right around the corner like a little sneaky snoop.
1: Yes. And then, then we cut ahead a little bit in time to where we find out that Alice has told him that uh, Chick is not his.
0: And he's like, told you. I, like, I, I figured.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought. Um, he's like, I don't care. I, I want to be home with you, and the secrets can't hurt us anymore. Mm-hmm. And they they hold hands.
0: It's it's the start. It's the first start. step.
1: It's a start. Then this this is the moment. This is the moment where there are tears in my freaking eye. Yeah. Uh, Archie takes Fred into the garage, and, and he tells beats
0: about- him with a pipe.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> He tells him how he gave back the Firebird, uh, and he sold some of his music stuff, and he he rip, whips the sheet off of a really <laughs> shitty old jalopy that he bought off of Junkyard Steve.
0: Junkyard Steve for season three. Cross your fingers.
1: And that he he wants to, you know, do the thing. He wants yeah. to build it. He wants to work on it. It's going to take a lot of time. And Fred is just, I almost cried because Fred is almost crying.
0: You know, he's thinking we're never going to find parts for this. <laughs> This car hasn't been manufactured for 80 years, Archie.
1: But Fred, he's so moved. He's so moved by this. They're they're going to And Archie finally did something right for the first time in yeah. like forever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, they're they're going to find like a modern like four cylinder engine that that's really like well tuned and put it in there. It's going to be, like, people who make, like, gaming rigs and put them inside the shells of, like, old-fashioned typewriters. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're going to case mod the jalopy.
1: He's so... Oh, Fred! Fred. Just look at his face!
0: The best casting decision. Like, this show is really well cast, but, oh, he's the best.
1: So then we find out that this high school also has, like, some individual dressing rooms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we will find out. But yes, yeah, so we are in like the main dressing room that I guess everyone's sharing, even though some of these people also have individual dressing rooms.
0: We're singing another song, yes. A Night Will Never Forget. This, yes. uh, in the musical, this kicks off act two. It's everyone singing about how excited they are for prom and how mm-hmm. they're going to get laid. Oh
1: yeah, all the sex.
0: Why is Alice Cooper singing about how she's going to get laid? How she deserves to get laid mm-hmm. with all the money she paid? presumably for her tux because this is one of the lines sung by the the male half of the yeah. chorus in the show whatever.
1: I do love that Sheriff Keller's there to get a picture of Kevin be- before, you know, opening night.
0: I love that Kevin is wearing his powder blue tux with a bow tie that could double as a parachute yes. in an emergency situation.
1: Um I do absolutely love some of the like little acting moments in here the one that i feel like is so like perfect with lining up with the song lyrics mm-hmm. is um right after that picture's taken moose like slaps kevin on the side and sings the line we better get laid uh i think late tonight I yeah think is the line. i
0: think that it ends with laid because of the rhyme
1: yes and then midge is like does the line you've been praying for that since seventh grade well like pushing them through but kevin's reaction to like what <laughs> What? And i like, wait, what? what? And I'm like, like we know Midge isn't doesn't know about Moose with Kevin. But maybe but this is
0: revealing subconsciously she does.
1: Yes, because I'm like, oh, Cause, oh. Because uh, if we take uh, it
0: literally, it makes no sense. She knows he's had sex. She's been sexing him. Yes. But she knows he's been wishing to have sex with a guy since seventh grade. Yeah. Now it makes sense again.
1: It's such a like great, this is what I was talking about, like using these lyrics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to like Hell, something. Oh, I love that moment.
0: And the the one I really like is immediately before or immediately after that. In their warm ups, uh, Betty and Veronica are like perfectly synchronized doing some choreography. Mm-hmm. Best friends forever. They're yeah. back. They're back, baby, and it's good again. Yeah.
1: Well, I also like another moment is Jughead, or as as they're all heading out to the stage, like Archie like stops at Jughead and just like kind of sings to yeah. him, and they have this moment where they just like
0: bro time.
1: Yeah. And it's another one of those things where it's like it seems like everyone yeah. is every everything's working out for everyone. Our we girlfriends all don't hate
0: each other anymore. We could be bros.
1: <laughs> so so then mm-hmm. we so then. we catch up on Cheryl who who is walking uh, in the dead of night to in a prom dress in a prom dress with a bucket to the cottage.
0: Prom dress, bucket, carry. Something's gonna happen.
1: Uh, and so then uh, Ma Blossom's inside, and she is reading, and she hears the door open. And uh, she goes to, to see, and it's Cheryl, covered in blood, holding a candlestick with three candles.
0: We need to pass stricter candelabra control laws in Riverdale. <laughs> it's bad news.
1: She says, do you know whose blood this is?
0: And I'm leaning in because I, for one, am quite curious.
1: Uh, this is Jason's blood.
0: I'm wondering where she got it.
1: This is daddy's blood. Oh,
0: it's symbolically Jason's blood.
1: <laughs> the next blood will be yours. Aha. Uh-huh. And she she goes on about how Mama Blossom's been in cahoots with daddy's twin. And that she tried to kill Nana Rose. And she's like, if you even touch a hair on Nana Rose's head, yes! I will end you. I will burn this house down. Or I, bur- I burned a house. I will do it again. And then she's like, I want to be emancipated. I want Thistle House to myself. I want Nana. And you and Uncle uh, Claudius are going to, you are pig people. You're going to go <laughs> live with the pigs. All the blood is dripping down her face. Pigs.
0: Pigs. Blood, carry it's, it's all in the soup. There it we go. It is
1: so good. It's, it's so good. It's
0: that old-fashioned Cheryl. It's what I've been waiting for since she pinched the oxygen line. I'm
1: like, there's Cheryl. There is that Cheryl. Yes. It's,
0: and, it's such a return to form.
1: Taking control. You're taking control of your, your the safety of your Nana. Mm-hmm. So, so we're back at the school. It's opening night playbills. We see people reading them. Uh, Hermione's saying hello to everyone. We see FP come in. He comes in. And then he see Al- He see- stops. He sees Alice talking to Hal by the stage, and he turns around and leaves. Oh, oh. He came for her. He came, he came for for to her. watch.
0: He didn't came. He he didn't come for his son's girlfriend. He didn't come for anybody else. He just came to see Alice because.
1: She came to him and told him how, like, she was really excited about it. Oh. And he came. And then she won't know because he turned around and left. And he, all he sees is this suddenly. And we don't know what happened between them. But, where, uh,
0: Where's my spinoff that's just about the parents?
1: <laughs> the, I want, like, a, a double, night, double night episode thing mm-hmm. that happens where we have two shows going where we see, like, Riverdale as it is now, but then we get a episode immediately after that's all from the parents point of view yeah of the same situations
0: we rash him on it yeah yeah okay great
1: backstage kevin is looking for fangs and he he we we open a a dressing room fangs is like oh i'm just giving midge some notes it's very awkward
0: it's in a tone of voice that sounds like obvious hasty excuse
1: what's going on okay i don't we didn't see anything i was going on jughead Goes and knocks on Ethel's dressing room, because she has her own dressing room. Mm-hmm.
0: And she's playing a character that has no featured solos. No. <laughs> she has like, her own dressing room. It's just seniority. She's been in more of these shows than anyone.
1: Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, doing the final interviews, and she's not there, and he goes in, and he sees in the trash can.
0: Bunch of cut up magazines. And he's
1: like, oh my Whoa. gosh, it was Ethel, and Ethel's... Suddenly, behind him, and like, he's what the like, fuck
0: are you doing in my trash, you creep? Those perv. are for
1: my vision board, Jughead.
0: I had a vision of the letter R, and from this one, I had a vision of the letter J.
1: <laughs> so she storms away, and then Moose also storms through, pissed. Mm-hmm. Don't know what's going on. So many unseen things. And then we we are in the other dressing room where there are some vocal warm ups happening. Shall would, we?
0: Would you like to perform a yes. vocal warm up?
1: You ready? Oh, what, oh, what to, do to do to die, die today, today? At a minute or two till, till two, a thing distinctly, distinctly hard to say, yet harder still to do. For, for they will be, be a for will be tattoo, tattoo at twenty to 20 two with a rat tattooed to it and a dragon will come and he blows
0: the drum at a minute or two till two today. At a minute or two till two, they only did the first two lines before Chuck comes in.
1: Yes, but I was so excited because that is a real thing. Though I have not practiced that in a really long time.
0: Clearly. I never did that one in my life no, before tonight. No. That
1: was really popular I'm a in college. toy boat
0: guy. I'm a I didn't go to your college. I
1: know, but it was like really popular in college. They really <laughs> liked the long ones. That was you know what one my favorite was though.
0: I'm not the pheasant plucker, I'm the pheasant plucker son. I'm only plucking pheasants until the pheasant plucker comes.
1: Yes. Practice that. See what happens.
0: Don't practice it in mixed company or around children. No.
1: Nope. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Chuck comes in. Uh, and and Veronica basically is like, you've done good.
0: I don't think Veronica has this power to absolve him of his sins no. on everyone's behalf. She, she says it like she's giving him the key to the city. Yeah, I'm
1: like, I mean, like, it seems like he's been doing good. But other people have to agree to this.
0: What about all the other women in, in his uh, Sticky Maple, uh, like, scorebook? Yeah. Ask Ethel. She's right around the
1: corner. Yeah. Didn't Ethel, like, kind of... Made up with him. They sat together at uh, lunch Okay. in an episode. But there's still everyone else. There's everyone else. else, yes.
0: It's it's presumptuous.
1: Uh, then then Chick appears. Uh,
0: a lot of unseen stuff going on.
1: Yes. And it's like, oh, you, you, know, you made it. And he's like, I wouldn't miss it. And it's kind of a little awkward. And we should get back to your seat.
0: Who told you I was in this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I figure my thought is that she called him as well. Oh. For her mom,
0: or maybe it was just on one of mom's many phone messages, because she was still doing that during the rehearsal process.
1: Yes, it's one of the two. Yeah, I I don't know which one, but it's one of the two. Um, so so he leaves. Alice is on stage singing
0: uh, "Evening Prayers." It's the the number where Mrs. White is is trying to grapple with trying to be a good person and the terrible things she does because she's a very bad mother and and. It, she's a complicated character. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so Cheryl is in the audience uh, next to Kevin and Jughead. So we know it's going to be Midge who's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice like hits her her big note. The the riser rises, and then there's a gasp, <gasps> the- and Cheryl is like to Kevin, "Did you reblock the show? <laughs> Shouldn't she be like singing right now?" And then. People gasp more, and And Alice turns, and we see see...
0: a gory tableau. Midge has been perforated.
1: Midge is stabbed with multiple knives and scissors that are are having her stick to the backdrop.
0: While warnings are written in blood uh, that, that this is the Black Hood's doing, and he's coming for everyone that escaped him before.
1: Yes, and, and this all, like, sinks in and registers with people. And
0: Cheryl is the first to call for somebody to help.
1: Yeah, she's like, someone help her! She's <laughs> the only one thinking, like, maybe she'll still live.
0: And I'm like, there's no fucking way she'll no, live. The, no. She's
1: she is dead. Yeah. My God. Oh my, oh.
0: It's a good thing we finally gave her her page to scream
1: <laughs> because it's a little late and now. She's gone. She's fucking... Oh, and then everyone just takes off screaming, and then you're, like, seeing everyone running, like, through Jughead's camera lens.
0: Yeah, it, like, it goes from, like, fly-on-the-wall documentary to found-footage horror.
1: Yeah. It's
0: really effective, actually. Uh, Of course, the the camera can't keep up with it. There's all these, like, uh, frame-buffering, shuttering effects. Really effective.
1: There's only a couple minutes left, you know, when we, we, we were getting to, like, you know, Chick being there and, like... Alice is on stage. We're like, there's only like two minutes left. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I did not think that was what was going to happen.
0: Right? I mean.
1: I did not think there was going to be a character like pinned to a board.
0: Like a butterfly. Oh
1: my God.
0: But looking back, it seems like they were really trying to set up for this because there's so many obviously shady things going on. Yeah. What's Fang's doing with Midge?
1: Why is Moose mad? Why is
0: Moose so mad? What's what's Chick doing here? So many people's like suspect number one for the real black hood. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <gasps> ah ah. <sighs>
0: That's what you think.
1: I loved it so much. I loved it so much. Yeah. Yes. Did you love it?
0: I loved it. I loved it. I mean, it made me think so much of the thing you always say about musicals. Uh, which is that uh, song takes over when when words aren't enough for the emotion.
1: That that is supposed to be. That is what. Like
0: high level theory.
1: Yes, that that is kind of the the what is not always true nowadays, but it's supposed to be kind of the idea of why you switch over to a song. Right. Is speaking cannot handle the emotions anymore.
0: And so that's why the musical elements felt so true to me. Yeah. Because, first of all, the, the emotions on Riverdale are always at a 10. But while it would ring so false for Cheryl and Josie to just make up, mm-hmm. that they do it in song works, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I, is, I would love if they did more with that, but the way they did it, it sells it to me.
1: Also, like using the songs to tie up so many things and mm-hmm. fix so many things. This like, was a
0: house cleaning episode.
1: If they would have done that just by, like, oh, this unseen scene happened. Like,
0: mm-hmm. we don't see
1: it happen, but this happened. Like, it's what we've always had problems with is when they're like, but I want to see this happen. The song like, allows there to be a, us to see something. Even right. if it's only in, like, 20 seconds, we have seen a type of transition happen.
0: Alice's breakdown. Mm-hmm. Ah, so good.
1: The scene between Betty and Veronica. Mm-hmm. Cheryl and Josie. It's... Mm-hmm.
0: That one I still feel a little cheated by just because we get so little Josie.
1: Yes, there's very little Josie. But it allows it to happen so much better. Mm -hmm. Like, I am not upset by those scenes taking place. Right. And, like, I love seeing that moment before the show was starting where, like, which any new bad things are going to happen because everyone's (laughs) happy.
0: Yeah.
1: but They're it was, happy and
0: it's not Pop's Diner, yeah. therefore it is false happiness.
1: But it was such a great moment where they all like really like felt like, yes, it's going to be a great night and this is going to be awesome and we're going to go out there. you're
0: never going to forget. And then you ain't seen the chaos yet.
1: started of last minute things and we all got to get to our spots and things are wrong. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. there's a body. Yeah. And it's just so good. I f- so good.
0: I feel like this is an episode that would not have worked at all if it weren't performed as a musical and as like a direct uh diègesis transgressing musical. Yeah. What really happened is there were a few subplots about parent feelings and wrapping up a lot of dangling things with the kids mm-hmm. and then a cliffhanger. Yeah. And that feels so empty until you use musical numbers as a catalyst. Yeah. And, and it just lifts it all and makes it, to speak metaphorically, sing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like, With the music, they weren't apologetic or brushing it off. This is it, like, this right. is you know, it this is
0: people breaking out into song, doing choreography yeah. in the
1: hallway. And it's the same, it's the same thing, too, with um, the like documentary thing that Jughead's doing mm-hmm. is that could have been so terrible because, <laughs> like, oh, well, we have to have this character, but the actor does not want to sing, and so we're just gonna have the character wouldn't this. anyway, the character wouldn't, anyways, we'll just do this. Well, no, it they integrated it and it mm-hmm. was really cool in a way kind of like how the you'd be seeing it normally and then you'd be seeing it through the lens of the camera and then you'd be seeing it this way and it was those moments where you see it through the camera sometimes you could feel that it was like mm-hmm. a different interpretation happening a almost. different
0: level of reality yeah yeah
1: i like that they embraced that too
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean anything that breaks up the format i'm i'm a sucker for we all know this yeah and and they did it again mm-hmm. dang it i'm gonna keep on sucking A lot of publicity has happened because of the the nature of this episode. Uh They built it as a big event, did a lot of interviews. Did you see what the first two ideas for what the show would be were? No. Carrie was choice number three. Not like, oh, we'll settle for it, but like, oh, no, the third idea was the best idea, I think. Yeah. The first,
1: Sweeney Todd. Oh.
0: Based on an actual story from a high school production in, I believe, Australia or maybe New Zealand.
1: (gasps) Where they, with the actual knife. Yeah. The
0: the kid mixed up uh, which prop to use for which scene and actually slit the other Uh kid's throat. Uh
1: huh. Yeah, I remember reading about that because it actually wasn't that long ago.
0: That was going to, that was the the first idea for this episode. That was going to be the plot.
1: Let's pause for a second. How Why
0: are any of the props well, real well, razors?
1: So <laughs> It is amazing how often that happens in really? community theaters and in high school productions. Even if you get a real straight razor, take a fucking belt sander on that shit. Grind it to What's th- it? A lot of it is we're like, oh well we put some tape over it. Fuck you. Or we did th- No, you need to grind it down. Yes. You need to get rid of the sharp point yes or or like they don't even bring like anyone who knows anything about like fight choreography or safety things in it is not uncommon to like have a couple of those news stories pop up each year Mm -hmm. on like regular you know local tv stations talking about it where someone's been stabbed someone's throat's been cut like
0: You, you know why that is sweeney todd's middle name is Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's not always Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Sweeney Todd, though, because you have to do the neck slices. It is like very common that that does go wrong because people do not do it right. But it is amazing how often they're like, "Oh, well, this will work. We'll just do this." No, <laughs> you have to get a proper prop. It has to be the correct weapon, or or people being shot on stage.
0: Yeah, that's fucked up.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll the, stop. I'll this, stop in my rant here. But what's what's the other one? When they
0: passed over that, they thought they might try a little shop of horrors, which came up in our uh, bonus episode where we talked about this.
1: That that one may that one I feel like would have been also very natural for the high school setting
0: natural for a high school setting really playing with like their their south side north side thing you could skid row would be a very powerful song if they wanted to do the same almost, sort of idea with almost, a different show
1: Almost like the time period aspects of clothing that you could get into yeah, that they would be could very fun mm-hmm. i could i could see how those would go i i love that they chose something though that is like unknown
0: niche cult even yeah yeah
1: like most people have not will not know that that was like Carrie the musical is actually like a thing like they, it's real they didn't make it up
0: they do now baby <laughs> so let's get into some
1: segments okay <laughs> this is going to be a long
0: episode if you've been missing our segments, I'm sorry, but go back one episode in the feed. We did one that's just segments uh, during the last break. Mm-hmm. We did a digest, the digest on Archie's very first appearance in Pep Comics 22. Yeah, that was fun. We we did, uh, and we even read some fan fiction, which is not a recurring segment, but it's something we wanted to do because it's been a long time, and that story's really good. <laughs> and
1: we have to continue that We're, at some point. Yeah, yeah.
0: And we ended that episode with uh, requesting, hey, are there any uh, of our segments you're dying to come back? And somebody said yes. <laughs> so, darling, what are the teens on Instagram up to?
1: Well, I wish, I wish.
0: They all could be California girls.
1: No, I was, I was going to say, I, I can't wait to see what comes up after this episode. Right? In the next few days. Th- I'm so excited for that.
0: I think there's blood in the water for some shippers, but that's, that's every week, I yeah. feel like.
1: Um, speaking of, of of shipping, yeah, I found this one that says, I ship Betty and Sweet Pea so much. He treats her so much better than Jughead. Jughead walk all over Betty as if she's nothing. Like it was Sweet Pea who cheered her after her pole dance.
0: And that's the mark of a really respectable man. Yeah. <laughs> he tipped her 20 bucks. I saw it.
1: <laughs> I was just like, um, um... How often um, have they interacted?
0: Because the last thing Sweepy had to say about Betty was not particularly
1: positive. Yeah, and I found this after that happened, too. And I'm like But
0: then he came and kicked down the door with all the other serpents, so there you go.
1: They haven't had a like
0: Right. I'm not I'm not against this. I'm just not seeing as much evidence as this person is.
1: I see no evidence like this person <laughs> is. If cheering on after a pole dance is okay. like the 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 thing to base a relationship off of
0: half that bar should be dating betty (laughs)
1: yeah um okay so cheryl's element is fire that's why she burnt her house down and Mm -hmm. makes references to fire also her hair is red Mm -hmm. that's why when she had her meltdown she attempted to drown herself in an icy lake because it would extinguish her fire
0: that's true I don't know if this person just discovered symbolism, or thinks that Cheryl is like some sort of actual elemental witch.
1: I think elemental witch. I like it. Also, her hair is red.
0: It's true. Like none of this is untrue.
1: I love anytime someone's explanation is like. Also, they were wearing pink. Like what?
0: What? Does that As be- you can see from these words being over a picture of them wearing pink. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But no, that's
0: that's perfectly fine. It may be a little uh, uh, remedial, but perfectly fine. Yeah,
1: and then. Uh... I 100% think Clifford is the Black Hood. His twin Ooh. is a load of rubbish. I think it's definitely Clifford, not Ooh. Claudius or whatever. But if you think about it, Fred was shot. Clifford and Fred had disagreements about work and stuff. Miss Grundy taught Jason, even though he killed him still. And Moose and Midge taking drugs. His drugs. His drug business was exposed and he saw them taking drugs. OMG, I really think he is. Dot, 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 dot.
0: Okay, you had me for two thirds of that. <laughs> wouldn't he encourage teens to use the drugs he was right? selling to teens?
1: I don't think this person has done drugs or been involved with drugs to or, know like. Or any business, <laughs> or really. Business.
0: Like a lemonade stand would probably like, teach the same lesson. You
1: don't want to stop your customers from using your thing. I,
0: I would not be shocked if Claudius turned out to be Clifford yeah. under, under a new guise. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I said that. I said right, that too. I right. was like, um, clearly,
0: neither would you.
1: Yeah, that's that's all you really got right now. Okay. I'm excited to see what will come.
0: Okay. After this episode, what will come? You mean our newest uh, segment?
1: What's our newest segment?
0: Our newest segment is where we try to divine a moral from oh, this week's episode. Oh yeah,
1: that was the thing that you came up with. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you told me about that like three days ago.
0: So for the first time, I must ask, Riverdale, what is your wisdom? What is the, the lesson you have up. learned from, from this episode?
1: If you start getting mysterious notes, don't ignore them. So
0: always answer your correspondence. Yes. That is a good moral to take. Yeah. that That is some wisdom.
1: That is what I'm going with. What okay. about you?
0: The moral of this story, my my wisdom for the week. Uh-huh is that uh, there is nothing as cathartic as as singing your feelings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just think of all the, the simmering resentments that would still be around if they didn't sing oddly specific songs for their situation. <laughs> the, the parallels are really striking. They, they picked the perfect show.
1: They, they did. They really did. What song do you want to sing right now for your feelings?
0: I've been working on the railroad all the live long
1: day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's get back into one that's been with us from the beginning: predictions.
1: Predictions.
0: Archie is fully on Team Fred, but he's still an employee of Hiram. What this means: embezzling. Hiram's oh. going. Yeah, uh, Hiram is going to to have a hole in his bucket that uh, is is going to be fed. Into- <laughs> First, I
1: really thought you were going to say a hole in his butt.
0: He does have a hole in his butt. <laughs> That's where all that bullshit comes from, <laughs> but no, uh, he's going to have a hole in his bucket that fills the campaign coffers of of Vote Fred, yeah, whatever his campaign is called. Yes,
1: Alice will not know from FP that he was there, that he mm-hmm. came.
0: I think and I she hear will a but. Not,
1: she will not find out for a while, but mm-hmm. then she will find out from like Jughead or something in passing about how like. He was supposed to be there, or like someone else will say something.
0: Yeah. And yeah. then,
1: like, three episodes, they will have that.
0: We're running out of episodes. That
1: confrontation. I don't
0: think things can be that much of a slow burn anymore. Okay,
1: two episodes. <laughs> Not next week. She won't know next week. <laughs> but they will have to have, like, a moment about that. Where she will be like, "What? Why did did you go to like see Betty or like support Jughead?" Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, "No, I was there for you. Cause <laughs> you're like, I don't know, friend." Yeah, yeah. Fuck, buddy. I don't know. I don't know what you are.
0: <laughs> what are you? I think of of all these weird clues. A lot of them are going to be like red herrings. Uh, I think it would be really fun if next week started with like just a replay of the last. 5-10 minutes from another point of view mm-hmm. just to see like the other end of some of this stuff I think Fangs might be if not the killer, an accomplice oh. and and a knowing one not, not a manipulated accomplice we're going to see the Fangs
1: my my theory about what was going on with Fangs and Midge mm-hmm. Fangs Smouchin'. Fangs was talking to Midge about how like Kevin and Moose need to be together
0: yeah. Which is why, why Moose was is so angry. pissed is
1: because Fangs outed him to her. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Um, uh. And Moose is going to be distraught because Midge died. Um, oh, before
0: with, she could un- hear we, from, from him, before uh, she could understand. like she,
1: He's going to think that she died thinking that he never cared about her and it was all a lie. Oh,
0: no. Oh, you're hurting my heart, darling. You're hurting me. Yeah.
1: That's that's what I think that was. Okay. Like, automatically you think, like, that was something awkward, like they would have been kissing. I think it's that. I think it's where oh. Fangs, you can tell, like, he cares about Kevin. Yeah. Like, they have a, some type of relationship. And I think it's him trying to to bring them together.
0: Fang's got a Kevin crush, but he wants what's best for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, Moose is upset, Midge dies. Oh. And that, that grief, that grief will have to be dealt with. As, I guess, Moose is being hunted down by the Black Hood, um, but there will have to be a conversation like, yeah. about, about that. Mm-hmm.
0: When uh, Alice slapped her wallet down on her lap, uh, Ethel s- did a little sticky fingers and is going to max out Alice's credit cards.
1: Yeah! <laughs> Do it, Ethel.
0: Brand new wardrobe. S- Suck
1: it support that shit yes um i think there's going to be a lot of uh combing through jughead's like videos to yeah. like try to get clues and Inhibit
0: stuff a, baby um
1: and like the next episode's gonna have a lot of those things we're like well what about this we gotta look into this a lot of
0: back into the left mm-hmm. yeah
1: mm-hmm. i still think sheriff keller can be the killer because he, was, he there. was there he was there he was backstage
0: god they really made sure you saw a lot of suspects, didn't they? Uh-huh. They really did. Oh.
1: <sighs> this isn't a prediction, but I am really really excited to mm-hmm. see Cheryl and Nan- Nana Nana Rose just like living their life together.
0: Yeah. In the
1: house and like I can just see like Cheryl cooking them breakfast and them having yeah. a nice like tea time and
0: yeah using nana rose's favorite cookie recipe that penelope banned from the house for some nonsense reason
1: and like tony coming over and like helping bake it for her and I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aww.
0: so it is time now to talk about what we know is going to happen. Next week's episode is called Prisoners. Prisoners is a 2013 film with a star-studded cast about uh, uh, a kidnapped child and people trying to take the law into their own hands. And Hugh Jackman is very creepy in it. And Paul Dano is always creepy because he's Paul Dano. (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal. All the creepiest people in Hollywood are in this movie.
1: Yeah. The, the, The trailer shows us midge's funeral Mm -hmm. um we get a a voiceover of archie repeating that uh said all those who escaped me before will die
0: so he's clearly terrified for his dad
1: yes i'm worried for moose (laughs) moose is next man just going for midge is gonna be moose next
0: uh somebody has a gun coming out of their purse yes hermione's doing something i think
1: she was like campaigning or something probably
0: Oh, you you think that she's going to capitalize on this? Like, oh, and this is why we need lots of prisons.
1: Probably. 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 I think there's definitely going to be a big campaign push here. Mm -hmm. What if Fred, like, goes the opposite and, like, stands up and, like, I'm not scared of the Black Hood. Yeah. You know, he tried to come after me, but...
0: Oh, my God. What if he pushes for, like, community policing models? This is what we need. We need to take care of our neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need the good half of Andy Griffith, not the part where Andy arrests people on a whim just to manipulate their lives. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There, I saw clips of people's faces. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what any of them did now.
0: They, they mostly looked shocked and worried. <gasps> so uh, that's it for this episode and a, a taste of the next. Yeah. I uh, got a few shout outs I'd like to give. I just mentioned something about the Andy Griffith show, and that's because I've been listening to Breaking Mayberry.
1: Wow. This is
0: a new uh recap podcast. Every episode of theirs covers two episodes of the Andy Griffith show and uh in the first one of the hosts says he thinks Andy Griffith might be the goddamn devil himself.
1: <laughs> that is intense. <laughs>
0: so I've I've listened to the first two episodes so covering the first four Andy Griffith show episodes and I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Uh the second is something that we plug in our C2E2 episode that isn't finished uh, editing. Uh, I'm just trying to eat that elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. But I want to plug it now because it's a Kickstarter campaign that ends on Thursday the 19th. So if yes. I don't, don't do it now, you'll miss it. Yes. This is for a party game called Earworm that we played uh, a demo yeah. of at C2E2. Yeah. Uh, it's designed cool. and, and being uh, produced by a, a friend of mine, Aaron Amendola. So, go to earwormgame.com. That's E A R W R O M G A M E.com. And hopefully, you'll help them cross the finish line. When we started recording, they were at 90%. Hey. It's a nail biter. I really want we this to succeed. It.
1: We can do it. We do it. So, tomorrow, like Thursday, like, as in this episode is. When you're is listening up, to this. That day, yeah. the the 19th of April, the last day.
0: Mm hmm. Well, so, you're looking at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, is the deadline on Thursday the 19th. Yes. We can do it. We can
1: do it. Yes, we can.
0: <laughs> it's like Pictionary, but for humming. Yeah. It's it's a, really it's, f- it's a fun game. It's simple. It's karaoke night without having to pay for anything.
1: Without having to actually sing. That too. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good one. I, I like the, the concept.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, the art is really cute.
1: Yes. So check it out. There's not much time left.
0: Earwormgame.com. So with those plugs out of the way, let's plug ourselves. We would really appreciate it if you gave us a a rating and review on iTunes Mm -hmm. or Stitcher or Google Play Music.
1: Yeah. You can also tell a friend. Please do
0: so. We love friends.
1: Yeah. So pass on the word Mm -hmm. of uh, what's going on.
0: Mm -hmm. Today, you might have learned something about the the art form of musical theater. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And whether once is or isn't a musical. Technically, it's not. But in my heart, it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> also, once the movie, very different from once the Broadway show, I feel like.
0: And much better.
1: And much better. Fight me. I do love the concept of the musical instrument actors playing on stage. Mm-hmm. But yes, movie. Ma- much Michael
0: Cerverus did that as Sweeney Todd, okay? We don't need to <laughs> don't need to do it on a completely different show. We've we've got one. It's great.
1: He didn't Sweeney Todd, he played an instrument?
0: He played guitar. Oh. Patti Lapone played the tuba <laughs> She is oh, peerless
1: I love it So, uh, I guess with that, I'm Elena
0: I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie
1: Thespian Terrorism Sugar Ah, honey, honey You are my handy hey, girl And you got me rocking you down, Sugar Ah, honey, honey
0: And you got me rocking you. Break
1: it down, come on. And you got me, and you
0: got me, and you got me. Break it down,
1: please.